age. Mike Minotti, it's the internet. You're busy, so let's do this. Very specifically, you're busy. Uh, welcome to the Games Beat the Science podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything in the world of games so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. It's me. It's Mike Minotti. I've, Mike, I've, I love these. I got these Lord of the Rings cups from Burger King like when Fellowship came out. They're fantastic. Are they fantastic? I use them all the time still. I actually use all my movie cups, too. I think I still have one from Pocahontas, like the plastic yes. one from Burger Oh, King. yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, everybody has those. I don't know. There's, yeah. There's those, and there was like a Batman Forever. There was ones that like everybody had at one point. The Batman yeah. Forever glasses. I di- definitely had a Batman Forever one as well, like with the Riddler and like, like yeah. each of the villains on there for sure. Oh, man. I think that was like the first time I remember, like even as a kid, being like, "Man, they're like really marketing the hell out of this movie." Yeah, <laughs> it was Batman Forever. They were yeah, like, when you start noticing, like, "Oh yeah, that's a, this is a thing, isn't it?" Where like, yeah, they they do this for movies. Like w- with Star Wars before that, it was just like there's merchandise and you accepted it and you didn't think about it. But at that point, that's when it's like, "Oh no, this is like a real push." They like, got everybody in on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> they want to put it in my life, whether I decide to or not. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Alamo Draft House here in Denver. Uh, we'll have uh, special movie showings, and sometimes they'll make uh, new glasses based on uh, the movies that you're watching. And they're like, "Hey, yeah, we just want to do it just like uh, just like you used to get from like Burger King back in the day." But they're really high quality. I have some for like Civil War and oh, that's pretty cool. Rogue One and the latest Star Wars, couple of they're Star like Wars that. movies. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I like those a lot. Uh, Mike, today's episode. We're talking about Persona Five, Splatoon Two, and the future of the Switch, PlayStation Four, and Xbox One. First though, yeah, I know, right? It's it's a big episode, <laughs> actually. We're, we'll try to keep it going quick. We'll try to keep the pace up. But first, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign. I got a few responses on a uh, uh, Zelda spoiler cast, and uh, me and Dean talked about Mass Effect. Uh, I'm going to try to start bringing the emails into the show here pretty soon. I just kind of have to figure out where where we're going to fit this. Um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or anywhere else where the video might end up, who knows? I don't even know anymore. You could subscribe to the podcast. There's an audio version. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere else. Um, apparently, it just feeds out to the those pod catchers, pod feeders, pod troughs, pod troughs. Uh, you just go out there and you feed in the trough of pods. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It helps people find the show. And we want people to find the show. Not me. Um, I like being I'm, really obscure. Mike's trying to stay off the grid. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want April, people to find me. April 15th is coming up so fast, and Ooh. he just doesn't want to deal with that. So, all right, Mike, uh, you were in Canada last week. How yeah. did that go? That was fun. Uh, got to see a lot of um, some, some studios, um, a lot of small ones. I got to go to Ubisoft and uh, Montreal, though. That was pretty huge. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Kind of just uh, – it was a lot to take in because we were in, like, four cities in four days. It was pretty crazy. But. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, actually. That's a uh, – I, I've done I've done some like game industry events and like that like where you go and you see stuff mm. like all over the world, but I haven't done a multi city tour. Yeah, what, and it, what was that about? Actually, that's kind of interesting. I mean, the big thing was that it was kind of like a it was, it was like like a Canadian government group called Invest in Canada, right? They're just kind of trying to show off, like, hey, look how good uh, these cities are for setting up game studios, and look at how these people are thriving and how they're attracting talent and kind of stuff like that. So, kind of a you know. Promotional, get the word out thing. Of Canada's dance. like government still works. Americans Canada's like, look, look how great the can- Canada is. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. socialism is a real thing, and it's okay it's up happening. here. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I missed you. 
I was uh, not like yeah, not on, not on a spiritual or friendship level, just in terms <laughs> sure. of ter- in terms of workload. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just terms of you need me. And yeah, I always exactly. feel bad because it's like I'm, it's like I want to like write during the season, but it's like we're literally going like you know get up at yeah. Seven this one sounded like things like d- dawn till dusk. Kind yeah, of busy. and then like even when like we were done traveling, we had to like going around places. We were traveling to the next city, which is always a plane ride or a train ride. So. And I'm not one of those people who can, like, work in the plane or something. I gotta just sleep through that. Right. Okay, let's see. Uh, I think we should probably just jump right into this. Let's uh, start with Persona 5. This is why the is game my, you... Why am I black? Oh, yeah, you went black. What happened there? Uh, I'm gonna fix it. You should be back. <laughs> I'm back. Okay. Are you back? Are you... I'm back. You are... There we go. Now you are muted. Okay, I think we were just getting a little bit of an echo. It wasn't too bad. But uh, I, went, I tried to check on that, and I made you go black instead, which is... You know, you never go back. Uh, I myself on here. I forgot to. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, it's all good now. Okay. Persona 5, you've been playing it. I've yes. never touched a Persona game, and I've That's... always wanted to. I know. It's it's sample. Well, let me be honest. I'm, yeah. I haven't finished almost any JRPG I've ever started. Uh, yeah, you don't strike me as a JRPG guy. You know, I, huh? I, I got through most of Final Fantasy 6 uh, slash 3. It fell apart at the end, and I didn't. I never finished it. <laughs> um, I wait, finished wait, Super what Mario. What fell apart? You mean your attempt. You don't mean the game. I mean, the game does isn't that great at the end. Uh, it's, re- <laughs> it's really what? good up to a certain point. What I'm, point? I haven't played it in like okay. I haven't played it in like ten years. Oh, years, so this, I should. No, give, I'll give it another try. Criticism of Final Fantasy Six. It, it's. I just think like at, by the end, I'm like all the cool stuff happens in, in the beginning uh, where you're like uh, where you know like the ninja dude is going to join your team. And you're like, oh yeah, that that, that dude's totally going to be like on my squad, and that's going to be awesome. Um, and you get sort of past all those cool story moments, and it, I don't know, it was kind of a slog. But that's Uh-oh. me being impatient, and I'm bad. Yeah, Final Fantasy Six, greatest game of all time. What does he say? Oh, kind of a slog. <laughs> just the the end i yeah. i finished super mario rpg um which well, we I all did. that was like everyone's right. like, <laughs> like exactly we, that's what we i'm saying play so, this one. so i'm pretty basic is what i'm trying to say when it comes to jrpgs okay. uh, but i i do have a fascination and a, a i do have a desire to try the persona games but i haven't and i don't know if uh persona 5 is going to be the one where i where i start to like just try to go ahead and jump into one um but you've been playing it tell me tell me what I you're think thinking it should be you do okay. That's well, that's interesting. Well, the nice thing about the Persona games is that they're all completely they're independent of each other, right? Mm-hmm. There's like some weird like little nods and stuff here, but they're they all kind of stand apart, right? They they have yeah, completely no. different cast of characters, a different story. Um, I say complete cast. There's like usually like one person who's like kind of there. Right, he doesn't even line. reference. Like yeah, you would not know that there were four other Persona games, especially like. The series basically rebooted when Persona 3 happened anyways. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, I barely played Persona 1. I did it as a curiosity when it came out for PSP, and it wasn't my thing. I've never touched 2, or there's two games in 2. You know, it's one of those things. And I think a lot I'm of people are blue, like that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are like that, I think. They kind of got into the series, because, you know, you remember, there was this, like, random amount of buzz for Persona 3 when it came out. And yeah, was, it, 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 for me, it came out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, uh, what is this now? Um, yeah, it's I, really... I, I didn't, I, I'd never heard of Persona 1 or 2. Right, it was, yeah, this really interesting trajectory where, in, like, Shin Megami uh, Tensei, in general, was not that big a thing here, right? And then, all of a sudden, right. Persona 3, like, just, like, it got people talking. I think it just happened to come out at this really interesting time where, like, the JRPG, like, it, we, we were starting to get into that area of time where people were saying the JR, JRPGs are dead, right? After mm-hmm. they had a really pretty long dominance in the 16-bit days and the PlayStation 1 days and the PlayStation 2, like, it was kind of beginning to feel a little tired. 
the Persona 3, like, its whole thing was, like, it, it combined, like, the traditional dungeon crawler JRPG with this kind of, like, day-to-day life sim stuff. Right. Right. And it just really worked well because the, the two things complemented each other, where, like, the whole point of the life sim was building up relationships with people. And the stronger your relationship is with, with someone, then the stronger the monsters you can create is. And when you're creating monsters, it's not like a Pokemon thing where your party is like these monsters. It, the party is you and your friends. You, like, all of your spells are dependent on, like, what monster you have equipped, basically. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And you can make, you get these monsters after battles and you can fuse them together to make more of them. So there is, like, this kind of a collecting Pokemon aspect. But again, it, it's a bit, it's it's kind of... I don't it's know, diminished. Is what it seems like it seems like it's diminished in, in favor of some of the, like to give other systems a chance. Like it's not they're... diminished. It's just different because so much okay. of it is this fusion mm. aspect of it, which can actually get very like intense. Like because fig- like when you fuse the personas, you can decide which abilities from the both of them will transfer over to the other ones. And again, like the personas have different archetypes, so it's not like they're ice type or fire type, but they just have these different. Um, categories and they're all under like the tarot cards right Mm -hmm. so there's like chariot personas like that's a tarot card right but you're gonna have some friend in the real world who's a who's represents the chariot uh kind of category and the more you hang out with him the closer you get with him you level up your chariot ness (laughs) and then your chariot personas are stronger when you make them basically they get a level boost now this is is this how persona three four and five all work Yes, pretty much. So Persona Persona 3 kind of did this. Then very shortly after you had Persona 4, which kind of refined everything. Uh, Persona 4 is like one of that's just like one of the best JRPGs ever. It's like yeah, that's the one I always wanted to like just go in ahead and jump into Persona 4 Golden, uh, give that a shot. Uh, But uh, it it kind of just it was so huge. They're so big these games. They are they are big. They are uh, more than a hundred hours easily. They're intimidating. Yeah, because it it is. That's been it. And I so I get annoyed sometimes when people throw out a hundred hours because I find that whenever they say that they're exaggerating, but it's it's not the for case. like other games you mean they're exaggerating. Yes, for other games. Yeah, like I remember the the worst the worst uh, offender ever was when everybody was saying Twilight Princess was going to be a seventy two hour game or something right. ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't but, yeah. doesn't have to be for sure. No, or, or like even people say that about like Mass Effect. I'm like it's not a hundred hour game. I mm-hmm. think like fifteen hours. But you know this these, these are hundred hour games, right? So and, and that it, and that's like a hundred hours to kind of get through not just the critical path but to get to the point where you're at the end and you're seeing the credits is what you mean yes or or is it or is it a hundred hours and then another hundred if you want to do all these side quests where you want to build up these relationships to a hundred percent well you can't really you don't really play it that way because okay you're it's a day to day life thing right mm-hmm. so you play each day and like you can do what you want on most days. But certain events are going to happen on certain days. And you're in school and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, there's this holiday. or um, it, And this one kind of works like Persona 4 where, like, you 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 kind of, like, get access to these to the dungeons. And you can go and get through them when you want to. But there is, like, a date where it's like, hey, you need to beat the dungeon by here or it's game over. Stuff like that. And so, yeah. So there's going to be a point where the game ends and you're either going to be kind of ready for it and you can kind of continue and reach it or not so once you beat the game that's kind of unless you want to restart it that's kind of it it's not a you beat it you can do other things sort of thing you could do a new game plus i guus if you wanted to i've never been much of a new game pluser yeah so so okay so you wouldn't do a new game plus so you're 
you're just kind of experiencing these days. Do you feel a lot of pressure to maximize? I mean, you kind of said you do, you do but you do. Uh, do, do you feel like you really missed out on something if you didn't maximize something in the correct way? Like if you noticed that you screwed something up? Uh, yeah, I think that can happen. I think that's one of the advantages of having played these games now is like I have a decent idea because there's expects of you okay. right of like of knowing what things to do right like like for instance you can do like your uh, like jobs right and you can get money from that but maybe that's not as important as building a relationship or building up some of your like personal stats and stuff like that. And you'll learn like, oh, on Mondays or when it rains, if I do this activity, it gives me a little bit more than usual. And you really learn too that on the days when you do decide to actually go to a dungeon, like you want to get every bit out of that dungeon that you can before you call it a day. Because otherwise Mm -hmm. you're kind of like wasting your time. And the big kind of indicator of that is your magic points or SP, what they call it here, like your MP, right? Basically, when you run out of that, that's when you're done. That's when it's like, okay, we have to go out now because there's no way to recover that, really. Because you can recover health, you know, through spells and whatnot and items, but SP as recovery is rough. So right now we're still – we can't review Persona 5. Can't right? review it, yeah. Okay, but you, you're you basically allowed to talk about everything else. I, I guess what, what I want to ask is uh, – it's the it's the third time where you're experiencing a game like this. Is this at a point where where you're still having just as much fun? Are you having more fun? Have they refined it refined it even further over Persona Four, or is it like oh another one of these? I I'm really happy to be back spending time with another one of these. That's it's kind of the interesting thing because it, it almost felt like just another one may not have been good enough just because of the time, right? Right. Because Persona Four came out pretty quickly after Persona Three. And it, it was like, this was like, oh God, when was that? It was like 2007. Like the PlayStation 2 was already old. Let me go. Yeah, the now. PlayStation 3 was definitely out by then. Yeah, PlayStation 3 was out. Yeah, 2008 was Persona 4. So almost 10 years ago. It, it was a while that we were kind of waiting for this. And again, it, it hit really big. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing basically was they kind of turned Persona 4 into its own series, right? Like you had the Persona 4 right, fighting yeah. game, the Persona 4 music game, the Persona 4, Persona 3 crossover etrian odyssey mix thing and and it was almost like persona 5 is gonna happen right like that's gonna be a thing and you're almost kind of feeling ah when it comes out like is it really like are we gonna care as much and they do and it's definitely that that formula right i mean it's super familiar to people who have played persona 3 or 4 but they do do some things that really kind of make it maybe a little better and i think one of the most interesting things Hmm. is like, these main dungeons you're doing, they aren't randomly generated like they kind of famously were. They are very structured, and they kind of have these moments where you're going to, like, solve a puzzle or do this thing. Uh, and the, mo- the really the most interesting thing is the, the thematic thing here is that you're kind of, like, cat burglars or thieves or what have you. So they, like, introduce stealth into it. And, like, hmm. uh, and that, that was always kind of there where, you know... When you initiate battles in these games, if you can attack an enemy from behind, you get the initiative, right? That kind of right. a thing. But, like, that's way more emphasized here. You can, like, get get behind cover, uh, like, you know, move from cover to cover. If, like, an enemy spots you, an alert bar goes up. And if that gets too high, you get kicked out of the dungeon. So, like, you literally can't just, like, get hit by an enemy and, and stuff like that. Oh, too much or you're just done. And you've, you're finding that these kind of things are mixing up the gameplay in a way that it feels more interesting and more fresh. Yeah, just like because like the dungeons, they don't feel like you know the dungeons in the old game. Basically, it was a dungeon crawler based. Uh, essentially, you were kind of going through floor to floor of the same sort of looking thing and kind of 
I'm not slogging along, but, you know, it, it got a little repetitive, maybe. This feels a lot more interesting when you're going through these things. They feel like... More you know, varied. Fine, yeah, well, they're finely crafted levels this time. Mm -hmm. There's purpose behind it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think something that is made like that is better than randomly generated. The, the benefit of randomly generated Definitely. is that it's random. Mm -hmm. And there is still an area of the game that you can, like, go to for... And maybe you have to, too, that is, like, the more randomly generated area. Mm -hmm. You still kind of get that flavor. It's fine. The other, the, the, the really cool thing, though, is just, like, the presentation is just super flashy. That, that and is the thing, though, it has always stood out to me when I go to look at these games in any capacity, is they look hip. They look like there's a lot of cool stuff happening, and it's all presented in a really... Uh, like, I don't know, loud way. Like, it has right. a lot of style. It's, like, a very confident, like, yeah. style. Yeah. And it's, like, this one is, like, really kicked up. Just, it's just, like, so smooth. Like, even just things like the, the victory, like, status menu you get after a battle, they look so cool. Mm -hmm. And they, like, transition between things really interesting. Um, like, just, like, going from, like, one door to the next or, like, after the battle to the next thing. Just, like, all these transitions are so cool and just so stylized. Yeah, it's just such a slick kind of sexy game. And just to let everyone know, we're talking about Persona 5. If you're kind of just joining us or we're half paying attention, um, it is – when is it coming out, Mike? And how have you been playing it? What have you been playing tonight? It's on PlayStation 4. It's on PlayStation, PlayStation 4. 3. I think still PlayStation 3, oddly enough, yeah. Uh, You've been playing on PlayStation 4. And we, yeah. I, I guess that, so, and, yeah. and you're looking up when it comes out, right? Uh, yeah, let's say I got to go to the actual thing. When you just Google it, it says uh, yeah. so, the Japanese release oh, date, yeah, but it's April 4th. Okay, so April 4th. So it's coming out super soon. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like the game that's going to cap off this really strong start to the year. Um, you were in Canada last week, uh, and you couldn't play it right uh so yeah, they couldn't which was, so, was like god yeah, I wish this was a switch game right yeah exactly so you're like kind of wishing it was a portable game but it, like were you did you find yourself thinking about it a lot like you couldn't wait to get back to it oh yeah i was really that? excited to okay. kind of get back to play it because you know you kind of get on a roll with these things and, and because of that structure where you're doing things day at a day at a time it is very easy to be like okay one more day let's see what happens this next day or you know what what you know usually the stopping points are when you get to like a big dungeon section you're like okay i don't you know i'm not gonna have the hour or two that's gonna take to clear this big swath of dungeoneering right here mm -hmm. yeah I, I i think if it was on the switch i'd get it for sure uh, oh yeah right it'd be so that'd be such an easier sell i think yeah. I'm, and because i'm sure it does feel like it's the kind of game that will like get like it's re-released on on the switch like next year like early maybe. next year or something and, like that and it is weird because you're like it's anymore because i've been playing so many jrpgs just portably i haven't had any on the switch yet but I've been playing so many games on Vita and in, in 3DS that are like, you know, a turn-based RPG. And that's just kind of the way to do it because right. it's nice to just play a few hours like, you know, before bed or in right, bed yeah. or, or whatever. It's very bizarre to like daily sit down. And when you play Persona 5, you're going to be playing it for a while probably. So it's weird like every day to like sit down and play Persona 5 for like this large chunk of time, right? Because mm -hmm. that's just my mindset when I'm sitting on the TV. I'm probably going to play something for a while. Whereas, like, when I played Persona 4, when I finally beat it, it was golden, and I played it on Vita, and I did it over, like, a period of six months or something. Right, yeah, it's, it does seem like a perfect kind of series for someone who wants to play it like that. Uh, but, I mean, I guess, I mean, at the same time, it doesn't sound like you had any, or you aren't having any problems playing the game in huge no. chunks right now. No, I always feel like I will have more of a problem. Like, oh, how can I even go back to playing a game like that? And then once I do, it's fine. It's like, right, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever. 
Well, yeah. speaking yeah, speaking okay. of games that we want to play on the Switch, um, I don't know if you. I hope you got some time to play it this weekend. I wasn't sure. Uh, Splatoon two had a couple of global yeah. test fire events over the weekend. So yes, yeah, so you did get to get in there. Um, I, I think uh, I came away from it thinking that Splatoon two for the Switch feels like Splatoon one. It's more Splatoon, not a huge difference. And I feel like I'm also kind of okay with that. Is there uh, is there any sort of hesitation for you coming off of the Wii U? Splatoon and having this sequel feel a lot like that where you're like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what they're doing here. Is this kind of a bummer or are you totally okay with that? No, I'm completely fine with that for, for this specific case. I think it's appropriate, right? Because Splatoon one was great, was only available to a pretty small audience, but was successful. Right. And you're doing a sequel relatively shortly afterward, kind of basically to just get it on the new system. Right. Um, I mean, there's not much of a question that this is, you know, just a step above a what they're doing with Mario Kart, right? Right. Whereas you know they're, they're instead of just releasing the old game, they're they're changing some right. stuff. They're adding enough new content. And to clarify, in, in next month in April, Nintendo is releasing Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, uh, which is just it seems like it's Mario Kart Eight with all the DLC and maybe a few extras. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right that it seems like Splatoon Two is going to have maybe its own unique campaign it's uh hopefully I, I guess i'm hoping for these things its own unique campaign uh a, a lot of new levels a lot of new weapons a lot of new character right and that's like first of all that's this kind of just what you need right i agree um, yeah i mean even in the demo right just you know you had that new level and that was you know that's fine but having like that new kind of weapon type mm-hmm. the and uh dual pistol thing like yeah, it was the, cool dual splatties or splat dualies and yeah. they enable you to do like a new move where you can do the quick uh roll out barrel. of the way and stuff like that yeah the barrel roll uh so so they're definitely introducing new ideas it doesn't feel like a huge amount of new ideas uh but it, it feels like this is a way to in, in get the people who love splatoon back because that has a huge audience in japan it has a huge audience in america and around the world uh, it was a very popular game for being on the wii u at the same time Wii U sold like junk, and I think there's a lot of people who maybe saw this game and and were like, okay, it's on the Wii U, I'm never going to give it a shot, it looks interesting, maybe, and now that they're going to ha- get a, a second chance on that, uh, it seems like a good opportunity to make this series really take off in the and, way that it could. I think there's also just a lot of people who liked Splatoon a lot, and did have it on the Wii U, who want to keep playing it. Oh, yeah. And this is the way to do Like, we're not going to play it on the Wii U now, right now. Yeah, no way. And again, it's like, what, like, what would you change, like drastically to it. like yeah. what would need to be changed i mean it, it came was, out in 2015 or 26 2015 or 2014 one of yeah. those two i think 2015 sounds 20, it came out in the same year as mario maker because it was right. like that surprisingly decent yeah, year for the wii u yeah so it, so it's coming off it's like a really quick turnaround uh and i'm ready for a sequel i'm ready for more i'm ready for an opportunity to play this on a system that i am playing actively all the time mm-hmm. um and and having it in this new form factor and having it work, like I was really surprised at how well I was able to control um, my dual analog shooting on the the Joy-Con like stubby little analog sticks. Uh, I was like still having a really good time and was able to control it no problem once I figured out the right control setup for me. Um, and so having this really great platform and having this game get a second chance, it's like yeah, what you don't need to change much, just get it back out there and give it a chance to thrive with a whole new audience. And uh, I'm I'm all for it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had a really good time with it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was like I was I was almost like oh, I wish this was like actually outside, like play with my friends and stuff. It'd be great, right? Yeah, and I I mean, it worked fine online. I, uh, Nintendo's yeah. uh, online stuff isn't great, but it gets the job done for these kinds of games. Um, 
I was, I was especially happy that I was able to, I tethered it to my phone uh, and was able to see how that worked. And I have unlimited data on, on T-Mobile, but it, it only uses about 150 megabytes per hour. So if you're going to play in like a 10 minute session, uh, you know, that's, you know, 10, 15, 20 megabytes. I think most people would be okay with that. Like for like their short commutes on a train ride, you know, you hook it up to your phone and you're playing Splatoon 2 anywhere in the world. That's, that's a kind of a, a neat proposition that I am very excited about. Uh, and that I think will give this kind of maybe it, it, it's a, it's a thing that separates the switch. It's, it's not just, uh, games anywhere. It is the potential to have these online games working anywhere at any time. Uh, to the point where people maybe can invest a little bit more of themselves into it, where they can't really do that with games where once you get home, you have to sit down and try to get as good as all the kids who don't have jobs playing call of duty all the time and things like that. Uh, if you could take it with you, maybe there's a chance to put more of yourself in there. Uh, I'm, very excited about that. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So Splatoon two feeling pretty good about that. I'm I'm looking forward to it. that comes out this summer. Uh, you know, I believe it also debuts with Nintendo's online like bigger push. Right. That's kind of like out. the thing. It's like it's a nice. Well. So wait. So there's not going to be like the on. Like is the online stuff going to be ready for Mario Kart? Or is that just not gonna? Who happen? knows. I mean, Mario Isn't Kart... Isn't it weird that we have these questions still? Oh, yeah. It's bizarre. Like, but, I mean, it's also... It's Nintendo, so it doesn't feel, like, too bizarre. But if right, you, like... Sure. If you separate it from the fact that it's Nintendo, it's it's mind-blowing. It's like, what is Strange. even happening? Like, the system's out now. We don't we don't know how it's online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> features are gonna work. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I'm glad they pushed it out. Zelda was worth it, but they definitely pushed it out quickly oh, before yeah. I was ready. Right. Um, so, yeah. I think that's, that's gonna do it for Splatoon 2. Still looking forward to that big time, and I think after playing the uh, the trial, I'm even I'm looking forward to it. Again. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's not like shocking you or anything. It's no. tuned to no, but I I didn't need it to. I just needed but, it to yeah, work, and it does. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, speaking of the way things work, the I think and speaking of Nintendo Switch, I think it's it works really well as a handheld and as a home system. And it, it got me thinking, and I, I think I've said this before, that I, I believe that Nintendo is very go- very likely going to release upgraded hardware in the Switch line. Uh, Switch SP, Switch Advance. Oh, sure. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a, a crazy idea. Um, but do you think that it's going to be to a point where this is the correct way to do the mid-cycle upgrade? Um, so uh, on the other side of the aisle... Sony and uh, Sony and Microsoft. Sony has PlayStation 4 Pro. This is an attempt to get a, a system back on the market that they could sell for four hundred dollars again um, to kind of hit that hardcore market that already has a PS4 and is not going to buy another one wow. unless it's more powerful. And then Microsoft themselves are later this year going to have the Xbox One Scorpio upgrade, uh, which is going to be an even bigger leap, uh, an even bigger push into 4K. Uh, and and th- these are clearly attempts to refresh their hardware so they could sell the same system to the same people. I don't, I don't think that's a crazy idea. I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. Nintendo has always done that with their handhelds. They've always repeatedly sell- sold the same hardware to the same people by changing it up, uh, giving you a system that's lighter, better, faster. Uh, and then you either sell your old one to someone else or you hand it off to a little brother, little sister. And they buy games. They're these people that are getting into the market on a, on a second-hand basis, and it creates a, this 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 ecosystem where it's getting bigger and bigger. Typically, by selling new hardware to the same people over and over again, and I think that's going to work with the Switch. And I don't necessarily know if it's worked with the PS4 Pro to the same degree that Sony wants, or if it will work with the Scorpio. Well, right? here's it, it's such a it's it, it's such a better. Uh, kind of system for a portable, right? Because right. the only thing that the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One can change is 
you know, that hardware stuff, the, the insides. They, they can make the system look different. You know, I mean, cares about last that. gen, they made the system look different and they increased the hardware or the hard drive side. Right. side. Right. That's not going to pull – no one's going to, you know, buy into that anymore. They're like, why don't we have, you know, external hard drives? And now they do. So, like, they can't really do that little scheme anymore. So, they have to have this new hardware. But it's just always – like for something like the switch, when you can, when you change just the shape of that system, that's such a bigger deal immediately, right? Yes. Like if if you have a smaller switch, that's significantly more important than having a smaller PlayStation Four, just because of the way you're meant to play that thing, right? Right. So yeah. Just yeah. like that, that. That's the thing. Like the, the you can have these changes in the mid cycle update to the switch. That would be important. That would just not be important for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. You know, there's just things that couldn't compare like that. And then, I mean, but if, even if you do, if you couple the form factor change with an upgraded, you know, hardware processor where, you know, uh, right now the, the the Switch is running on a basically last-gen Tegra processor from NVIDIA. It's uh, the Maxwell One. So there's going to be a Pascal One. And basically the difference between Maxwell and Pascal for people who don't know is uh, Pascal's basically just smaller when it comes to chips a smaller chip means it can produce a, a similar amount of output a similar amount of power with less heat uh and less heat means you can run it faster and faster and faster and get more power in the end um but the the, the switch doesn't have that pascal uh chip and it it, it feels like it, it was just before the, the opportunity where it would have like been built with that for sure so it feels like almost inevitable that nintendo will have a refresh that combines the form factor change with a slightly more powerful processor that runs Zelda a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but this time, if they do something like that, they can't do like the only playable on new Switch, right? It's oh, going clearly. to have to be no like way. PlayStation 4 Pro where right. games can maybe look better on it, but they better run on that old thing. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah, They absolutely have to do that. And, and if they start doing these regular upgrades, uh, they're going to have to support this for a Switch for a long time. So so maybe, you know, uh, the, the, the first upgrade is just in terms of the form factor, maybe a, a year later it is, uh, you know, cause they like to do a new one every year with their handhelds. So a year later, maybe that is when they do the upgraded hardware. But I think that the point is whether or not they, they do this or don't do this. I just think it makes so much more sense with the switch than it does with the PS4 and Xbox one uh, to the point where I begin to wonder if will Sony and Microsoft be like the best way to make this work where we can continue to sell the same hardware to the same people is to turn the PS4 and Xbox Xbox Ones into handhelds. Yeah, I was, I've been thinking about that too. Like, because couldn't they just also make switches? I mean, so the the big problem there is the disc, right? They're yeah. both they're both on Blu-ray, but I'm sure they would both be happy to go all digital if they they would have to charge a little bit less than the Nintendo does for theirs. Uh, for for the Nintendo system um, and getting the hardware that's inside of uh, an Xbox One and PS4 down to, to, be, to be small enough and cool enough to work in a handheld form factor would take some engineering magic. Where would you fit the Kinect? <laughs> I mean, that's a very good point. God, I didn't think about it. <laughs> it won't work. That's, in, that's I, integral to the Xbox One. I need to do my Xbox fitness app. Yeah, this is a, uh, you're good. Just make a good points left and right here, Mike. Um, Jesus, uh, yeah. So yeah, bringing that back. <laughs> I know, God, yeah. Don't forget that handheld connect. That's what we need. Um, I mean, Nintendo has their dumb motion stuff in there, so of course Microsoft would try that. Right, I bet they would. Um, it's going to be important still. I've yeah. never, I have not like yet used a game that uses that. Oh no, they, it's there's like, no. It's weird to me that that's there. There's no game like, that's, that's going to support connect. I, I use it for like the. I connect. I'm just. I'm talking about actually the motion control. Oh oh, or the, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I like forgot that those. 
I have one to switch, and I like have one to switch. I have even I don't even started it. Like you have it because they you like reviewed it. I know they like sent it to me, and I didn't like I don't have time for this. I'm playing Zelda. Um, did snipper clips, but that doesn't even use the motion. It uses the the left and right to like turn your guy, which I thought I'm like why would I use the motion? But yeah, so so I haven't really used it either, uh, which is bizarre. Um, But yeah, I don't know. The the point is is that. I, I think that there is a, a, a way for Microsoft and Sony to make their systems portable, put a screen in there, make them digital only. Um, and then they could justify regular upgrades once a year, uh, like Nintendo has always done with their handhelds. I mean, if you look back, uh, to if you, if you just start with the DS, there was DS, DS Lite, DSi, DSi, you know, XL, sure. um, and then 3DS, 3DS, like the smaller 3DS, um, uh, there's the 3ds, new 3ds, new 3ds XL. There's a million of these. 2ds. Uh, I mean, so, one one thing's for sure. Oh, sorry, you finish your point. No, no. The, the point I was just listening, like uh, like one, those all came out once per year. And I, I when, when you look at the market, it was the same people buying those systems over and over and over and over again. I bought three or four myself, um, and that's the that's what Sony and Microsoft have been trying to do with their with their new model with the PS4 and Xbox One, because they know there's not the huge casual market anymore. That huge casual market is spending that money on iPads and iPhones and and maybe some free free to play games. Um, they're not going to come into the market when, you know, the Xbox One drops down to $250, uh, like they might have done in the past with, with, past with the Xbox 360. So it just seems like this is the, the route to get this idea to work. It's obvious that the PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2 are not coming out anytime soon, right? No way. Yeah, and no we're way. starting to get really deep into this life cycle. Right. Uh, 2013 is when these systems came out. It's 2017. This is nuts. Like, it feels, it still feels like these are pretty young devices, and they're not. But the reason they feel so young is because it just doesn't seem like any in any world we're going to hear about Xbox 2, PS5 anytime soon. No, and again, when so after they do the Scorpio and you know the PlayStation Four happen thing, it's like you know what are you going to just do that again? Or I think you have to do something else, right? And I think like you know I I think you can come up with a sort of portable version of these things uh, somehow or another. And you know maybe they use the original hardware instead of the PlayStation Four, the Scorpio, and they you know they, they still run those games. And again, they only can download like use your digital versions of games and or what have you, right? The interesting thing then is, does that hose Nintendo, right? Does, is, does Nintendo have three, maybe two years here where they're kind of like maybe. riding hide on this concept, if this and, even happens? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it, it would just depend on how well those systems worked. I mean, they would be at a huge disadvantage of trying to engineer or reverse engineer those sure. the, the current consoles into a handheld format where Nintendo built it from the ground up to work that way. And uh, that that's going to have a lot of advantages. And I, I mean, you see that played out before with like um not that sony didn't build the playstation vita for handheld experiences but that system came out was more powerful than the you know the 3ds the psp was more powerful than the ds and nintendo just knew what a, what a what a handheld system needed to be and it worked out for them sure so i wasn't going to be a vita too <laughs> no no way in hell yeah but it's like so but it's but it's like kind of easy now to see like some sort of playstation product that does something kind of like the switch it's like why not at this point if nintendo I, yeah. can if nintendo can do it right it it seems it, like why not and then at the same time like there's a bunch of good reasons to do it that fits with their business models right so. it's just i mean because like you know with, with all the things that bad things you can say about the switch that just underlying concept of it it just works so well yeah just ha- you know like i had that 
you know, I was in Canada, right? That was, like, kind of my first trip with the Switch. And I just loved, like, you know, every night in my hotel room for a little bit, I could play, you know, not just, you know, as I love portable gaming, right? But, like, I wasn't just playing, you know, some 3DS Uzi Watts, and I was, like, playing, you know, whatever, Zelda, right. or this or that. You know, it's just neat. It was fun. Yeah, I, um, I am really happy with the Switch, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think this is a good idea. Uh, I think, but I, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't know what Sony and Microsoft have in store. They, they would be a, probably a huge turn for them to be like, oh, now we have something we have to make this. So maybe it would be a few years off. And by then, maybe it wouldn't make sense because they do have something to follow up like in 2020. Uh, so I, so I, I don't know. I just I think that this is probably the uh, uh, the one way in to make the, the, the whole upgrade cycle thing work because uh, PS4 Pro, I mean, I have one. Uh, but I don't, I never felt like it was necessary. I know you got one as well. I got one too. And like, yeah, I don't know how necessary it was to get. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm like, I don't hate it. Right. And I'm happy I have it, but I think that's the, that's you and me. And we should be the people that would be like, oh, here's why I need this in my life. Um, and that it's not happening with us. So it's definitely not going to happen with the casual audience. It's definitely not going to happen with, uh, you know, I think a lot of people who already have a PS4 and are, and are happy, um, I, I don't know how that's going to work with the Xbox One Scorpio because maybe the Xbox Scorpio has a different uh, audience where people were like, oh, the Xbox One has not been as powerful. So there's, there is a good reason to upgrade to the Scorpio uh, so I could be on the top of the line in terms of consoles with my PS4 buddies or whatever. Uh, but I, I don't know. At the same time, I feel like that's going to be destined to appeal to a very niche audience as well. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, any other thoughts on this, Mike? What's that? I, Any, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting because there's got to be some kind of a five-year plan for the PlayStation and Xbox brands, right? Oh, yeah. And again, and I just have a hard time seeing even the five-year plan right now being like Xbox, the next one. Yeah, I mean, right I mean, is I mean, the diminishing returns have been a thing for, for a while now, right? And mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Right, yeah. I mean, we're, we got to a point where 1080p, 60 was like a really good goal. And I mean, the, neither of the consoles did that before, but after the upgrade, they're definitely going to be able to do 1080p 60 for every game for the most part. Um, and then, uh, you know, they're going to start trying to make 4K work, but 4K is going to take a long time for most people to adopt it. Um, even when people do adopt it, they're they're going to probably be pretty mad, but when their TV doesn't support all of the, all the new features that are going to be really cool. So what's well, like, I mean, you have things like Mass Effect Andromeda, right? Like, the reason why that game doesn't look better is not because it's not on like a newer hardware, right? Right. Yeah. Clearly, it's just like it's it's just like at this point now, it's like it's it, it seems like we have that those tools right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like a matter of people making the games right now, and I really, and you know, usually I'm all excited about new hardware and, and whatnot, and obviously Nintendo did theirs because there was a, a very different need for them to do yes. one. Yeah, but yeah. There's just like absolutely, and I I remember we used to laugh and laugh when they said PlayStation three ten year cycle, right? But mm-hmm. this time it's like, like why not? Yeah, I mean, or, there's there's no rush. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just not like how it was where it was changing so much every five years. Where right? God, I mean, the difference between a PlayStation one and a PlayStation two was like silly, you know. I mean, and there was definitely that always that thing where the, the leapfrog was happening, where consoles were leapfrogging PC for a while in terms of. Uh, these are this is hardware that is very powerful, maybe equally po- as powerful as the most powerful PCs right now. But people have more direct access to the chips, and so they can get a lot more from them. And these consoles are looking r- really amazing relative to PC. But I think if you, even if you came out with a new console today, uh, 
uh, it, it and you had to like price it in that competitive way. There's no way it would be comparative to a 1080 or 1080 Ti uh, in terms of graphical p- capabilities and 4K capabilities. Like the new Scorpio is going to come out, and if you still want 4K gaming, you should probably be investing in PC instead. Right. Um, so it, it, yeah, we're just in a really weird state where that with that where it it is going to have to start growing in these weird offshoots that Nintendo is starting to uh, you know uh, you know uh, go after. Um, and if you don't do those weird offshoots, I don't know what the next you know console looks like really. Mm-hmm. One console future. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm going to get my Ouya. That's what I'm going to play games. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Okay, Mike. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. That was a uh, yeah. We kept a good pace up there. We got through all those yeah. topics relatively quickly. Um, what did we decide? I think we decided that the that I'm right and you're wrong. Okay. And PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are in a weird state. So Um, they're in a weird state. They're probably going to do something like the Switch. Persona 5 is probably going to be good. Splatoon 2 is probably going to be good. Yeah. All right. And and we should play more Zelda. That's that's kind of been my thing recently. See, I like because I'm doing this Persona 5 thing, like when I beat Zelda, I actually kind of was like, all right, I've got to like kind of not play this for a bit because I got some other things I need to do. I wonder if you if you'll be best off. Uh, I mean, you could go back to it and have a ton of fun. I know you sure. could, but I wonder if you could just like wait till the uh, DLC, the story DLC, comes out this holiday. Yeah, and see if that's fun. like a good well, reason to get back in. And like, uh, out of all things, I like might be playing Final Fantasy 15 some more because that DLC is coming out. I'm like, I wonder what that looks like. Yeah, I, and uh, I know you like that game a lot, so maybe yeah, that'd be interesting. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll uh, be back next week with some more stuff. We'll probably actually give you a chance to like explain your final review thoughts on Persona Five next week because that'll be after the embargo, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I so, actually, I it sounds like I'm going to be doing the podcast from my wife's classroom next week. Right. There won't be any kids there. I'm just helping with, with, their, with their classroom, so we might just do some edu- edutainment games. Oh, um, can I talk about the Sega Pico? Yeah, and, and, we, and we should talk about all like those uh, I had a Mario's Pico. missing and like Mavis Beacon teaching. I like, had a know. Pico. Okay, yeah, we're going to do that. Maybe the best uh, education game hardware and the best education games. God. Um, okay, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, that brings us to the end. Mike, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. I'm Tokoto at Twitter. That's T-O-L-K-O-T-O, and I'm always writing at GamesBeat. And I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother, AJ. We're also talking about video games and stuff like that. And I'm gonna add the uh, the uh, D- Google Docs so people can always just see what you've written this time. All right, I'm Jeff Grubb sucks on of the Wild Thornberries meet the Rugrats. Oh, that's a good crossover. Remember that? I didn't actually see it, but I remember I, seeing a poster for it. I'm like, what I, the heck? Crossovers are always exciting. Um, but that was on, like a movie. It wasn't just like on TV. They're like, no, this is going to theaters. I, that, that, that was there was a time where they were like that was they had these huge things and they wanted to like yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you know You're what. Right. Rugrats in Paris, not a bad movie. I've never seen it. Uh, I'm, what? I don't. I, I don't know if I'm gonna take your word for it. I might have to see for myself. Uh, I love <laughs> the Rugrats though. I, I really did. I always loved the Rugrats when I was growing oh, yeah. up. Um, uh, I sometimes make videos on my YouTube page, and uh, you can get those on YouTube.com/slash Jeffrey Grubb. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it says no cats here still, so I'm just gonna say that no cats. There you go. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.